All right, you got me in here. What did you drag me out? You could have just texted. I mean, I know I don't like texting. It's four and a half pages long, and you can't get the message across. It's 93 degrees out now. It's supposed to be, you know, 100 plus, you know, sometime during the week. What did you want? Sorry for interrupting your July vacation. It Mike. was air conditioning I was in. I mean, it's hot. I was in air conditioning. Yeah. Well, what, 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 what's, the, what's, the, what's the problem? I was in the pool. And I dragged myself out of the pool to help these people that we're talking to right now, Mike. Okay, we got a dilemma? No, we have some news updates. Well, oh, not really oh, news. Oh, 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 oh. We got some updates for some upcoming shows that are pretty big, and we, I needed to get the word out there. Well, you, you, you know what? And I, I tend to agree with you. I thought you already did that, but <laughs> Scott's in the pool. <laughs> We're going to be introducing a magazine, and we have a gentleman that's got a book out. The magazine in itself, uh, it's called Garden. What, what is it? Garden Gate Magazine. Garden Gate Magazine. It's, it's like a Midwest orientation. To the, to the gardening aspect of everything. I mean, they give out, it's it's more or less a hard copy as well as... Digital download. Yeah, like Pinterest. and and But basically for your gardening, your crafts, things to do outdoors, neat little ideas, neat big ideas, something that you can do yourself. Uh, I looked at this thing and I was enthralled. Um, and okay, I can see why you did drag me out here. Because this, I think, is a legit... Uh, uh, you know how you get stuck? What can I do with a corner that I'm not really familiar with? Or I've got nothing but shade and everything that I've tried. I've not been able to get anything to grow there. This magazine has categories that basically you can, you know, wow, I could do that for next year. You know, you got to save this darn thing. Or digitally uh, on the computer, you can go and, you know, browse through it and see what in the world. Now, this this week we're getting a young lady on board, right? Not sure which week. Oh, you're not sure which it's week? It's uh, just an upcoming episode. Okay. We've been in contact. We were, we're going to set a date. She wants to do a little homework. Well, from what I understand, she's got tips and tricks. Her name is Chloe, and, and it's pronounced Dika or... or, or Dika? Dika. I, we haven't, we haven't even been that close yet to discuss. It, this is how fresh of information I yeah, want to get this but out of here. She is the expert on the tips and tricks. I mean, really yes. simple things that you can do. Um, that rather than going out there and calling in somebody and spend $50 to come in and rectify something or design something, it's going to let your own juices flow. And, and it, really simple, really easy, really craftsy. And, I mean, you don't have to ruin the entire basement to get it going. So that's one of them. The other yeah, one. That's going to be I like that one. What? I love the tips and tricks. The, just the little things. Like, like the one is how to clean your tools in a yeah, you know, with a with some whatever, he, he, and we're going to find out what the whatever is. Scott showed me a picture that was on one of these, you know, yeah, on this magazine, and they had um, some Corona pruners. I mean, these are expensive pruners, and he he's got them in in a in a well, a glass that my father used to drink his scotch out of. I mean, <laughs> it looked like it was he had some Calverts poured in, and they may be using some cheap whiskey or vodka, but this is one of these things that I want you to. To stick around, it's going to tell you what, just don't drink the stuff after you're done cleaning them, for goodness gracious. But it did look really, especially it being 93 degrees outside, that looked really appealing. Plus, they have, like, you can go to their website. I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but just, well, just search a Garden uh, Gate magazine. And their website or their Facebook, I mean, they, they have tips for, you know, keeping the bunnies away. They got tips for just spacing... Um, like moss, ground cover type of thing. With, I saw that with one. the blocks. Yeah, cement blocks. People would spend big bucks 
to go and get moss from garden centers to go ahead and, you know, they'd cube it and they'd go ahead and put it in and it would spread. I've even known people that have used like a, a buttermilk to try to enhance and get the, the, uh, the moss to stimulate and growing also. But I, I've known people to, now see, I don't know anything about that. Now she would, but people would spend big bucks. They'd go to the grocery store, the Kroger's, get the buttermilk, warm it up, let it get sour, pour it on the, and it'd stink up the high heavens. You're going to get the flies and everything else out there. And it still didn't work. So, you know, she's going to, Chloe's going to give us all sorts of ideas as to what, when, where, who, how, and why. And again, I mean, there's certain remedies, kind of like the old, well, we'll call it what it is, Jerry Baker routine, where he'd take chewing tobacco, he'd take beer, and he'd take all sorts of other things to be used as either a fertilizer or a repellent. Um, and when they said predator urine for certain ones, we don't want you to, you know, go and ask hubby to go ahead and drink some beer and then go out there and, you know, relieve himself out in the yard. It's not going to work. So this is going to be more of a clarification as to what you can do as far as repellents, nutrients, things of that nature. And you mentioned cost. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, you're just talking cost of the materials, but just the cost of getting somebody to design, you yeah. know, moss in between checkerboard concrete blocks. Is Why brilliant. can't you do it yourself? It's And this is where the magazine is going to help you. It's I, I've looked through it digitally. I haven't gotten the magazine yet, but I've gone through this and it's got a number of different categories that are really, really interesting. And I mean, it's it's like once you get hooked on something, it's hard to let go. Um, like Scott said, the shade garden, or you build your own inexpensive patio to make it look really, really cool. Now the patio itself, I've seen, yeah, you can get yourself the treated lumber or you can get the stone and put it, you know, build yourself this, the, the, the pyramids of, of Giza, but it, it, no, it's usually using products and, and items that you've got in your household or that you can go and get inexpensively and throw out. So your homework, my homework, no, the listeners, oh, our, our I really wasn't listeners. good at doing homework. Yeah, I know. No, I don't know. No, you shouldn't know. I'm much younger. No. <laughs> Not as good looking, but younger. <laughs> okay. Yeah, All subject to... He's safe! Anyway, back to the main point here is that Jeez. your homework yeah. is while you have a nice tall glass of iced tea on the back porch on this hot evening, you're going to listen to the podcast... You're going to go to their website. You're going to sign up for this magazine because it's a hardcover plus a digital. And then this fall and this winter, you can sit there and design for next year. You, you know, and get, maybe even possibly get some materials at a cheaper price for fall closeout season. Well, that's what the, 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 they, they tell you. That, well, if you read the, and it's not articles, it's basically, it tells you the how to and where you can get these things. It gives you ideas as to where you can get them. Um, you can get it at thrift shops. You can get them at, uh, uh, at, well, sometimes at a quarry. Sometimes you can get them at used lumber. You can, I mean, anything you're going to be putting out in the yard. I mean, I've seen people put bicycles in the front yard and put flowers in them. This yeah. magazine has that. I've seen wheelbarrows. I've seen old Model Ts. I've seen, you know, the, the old horse and buggy carts that they've had out there. Uh, now, those are just basically little novelties that, they, that you can build around. Um, instead of just having a whiskey barrel half and laying on its side with, where the petunias are pouring out, you can go ahead and incorporate what used to be or make it look like it's a really pretty junkyard. 
I mean, for the lack of a better word, I mean, where you have a rusty old bike, an old Schwinn, well, Schwinns, you know, aren't, well, if you got an old Schwinn, I'd restore it. But if you've got a bicycle that's, you know, 35, 40 years old, that it's irreparable, and you got the old basket, they've got ideas what you can do with that. It's amazing what they do to, to put on the seats. The kickstand, I mean, you've got little things vining up on the bicycle itself. So it, it, we, I will call it artsy and crafty, and I'm secure in saying that. Um, uh, I'm not going to, uh, yeah, uh, real, real man garden. There's, do you see that? You put that picture up. I, will I want you to look up. at this picture of this real man that gardens. Nobody going to mess with this guy. Um, and I've been getting also, Scott's been putting up his, his hibiscus flowers as they're blooming. He's caught the bug. He is addicted. There is no 12 step program for this, but as he's putting these things up, I mean, Scott's like six, three and he weighs about 240 pounds. He no tiny kid. And he's getting into this. I mean, it's not like Grandpa. Uh, well, well, my grandfather did the tomatoes and showed me how to get rid of the tomato hornworm by popping it. I mean, that sucker with green juice all over the place. But, uh, I mean, this is uh, this upcoming magazine is going to give you ideas such as that. And you're going to be allowed to. I mean, it's almost like a coffee table magazine where if somebody wants to look at it and you're having a conversation with somebody, I guarantee you that they're not going to be listening to you. They're going to be reading this thing or looking at it. This exciting of a topic, we've, you know, been recording for almost 10 minutes already. Are we yeah. wasting time? No, I'm just saying we've been going nonstop like this is you the episode you and that's not the here. episode. I was kicking and screaming and then now you're complaining because I'm taking too much time? <laughs> Everybody, just uh, pay attention to the episode, and I'll, I'll, you know, Garden Gate magazine. I'll have it labeled as or something along those lines with Chloe, and that'll be coming soon, probably mid-August. Okay. Well, speaking of August, the, I think it's the first week in August. We've also we're moving on up. Uh, we've got a gentleman by the name of Alan Brannigan. and he's from Midwest Native Plants. He's got well, not from him. He wrote a book. He's an author. He's got several books He's out. He's got a number of books out. Yep. I don't know if you've listened to What I'd like you to do, if you can, we're going to have him on board on August 4. I'd like you, if you can, to listen nah. to our... Is, we're not going to have him on board on August 4? We're recording on the 4th. Well, we're going to have him for August. So or is episodes it be? maybe the 5th or the following week, depending on how fast... Uh, producer gonna... Scott can edit. Well, we're... He's going to ship his audio file, too, so it's a nice, clean file. So once I get that file back, we'll... Okay, I, I, I'm not going to begin again, but in August, <laughs> he's going to be here, and we're going to have a conversation with him on August 4th. So after that, keep an eye out on your Midwest Garden, because the podcast itself is going to have Alan Brannigan, B-R-A-N-H-A-G-A-N, might be Bran Hagen. Ian. What? Ian? E. E is an Edward N. B R A N H A G E N. And it's Midwest Native Plants. It's probably one of his 700th book that he's got out there. The book coming out in August yeah. is called Midwest Native Plant Primer. Primer. In and other I'm, words, it gets you started on the native plants. Now, it, and it's a pretty cool book. I mean, I, there was a couple things that I was looking through and I was just like, oh, cool. I'm going to ask about this. And it, it's a nice picture book. Well, it, and it's, with a lot of words. See, now, again, it's not a coffee table book, but no. it's, it's something for those of us who are, and I'll tell you the truth, I know a little bit, just enough to be dangerous when it comes to perennials. Technically, a perennial is a native plant that'll grow in this zone um, successfully. Now, perennials or native plants are, are not 
becoming a fad, they're becoming a trend. And the difference between a trend and a fad, a fad, you know, it explodes open and everybody wants one. It's kind of like the pet rock, but then it's done. You don't see it anymore. This trend slowly started to uh, peak itself. And what Alan does is on the intro itself to the magazine or the book, uh, he, he basically explains why it's called a primer. It helps people get an idea as to what, how, who, when, and why. And not to question yourself, but basically it's going to give you the idea as to, you know, perennials will generally only bloom a certain time of the year, or some of them are biennial. Some of them will will not bloom for about three to five years, but then they'll explode. It'll explain basically a little bit what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. So you can have a seasonal continual bloom. Now, some of those uh, native plants will bloom all season. There's some plants that are out there like mullen. I've got that in my front yard right now. A friend of mine tried to... Mullen? Somebody's mowing your front yard right M- now? M-U... L-E-I-N. Now, it's, 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 a, it's a plant that the Indians, it was called the cowboy toilet paper because it was soft and feathery leaves, but it's really cool. It stands up and it's erect and it blooms all season, but it doesn't give you that explosion of flower. Um, but it's... Did you sell that during the COVID toilet paper pandemic? I used it. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Well, but, you no, know, I, mean, I, I, I can't. I can't pass up a one-liner. Well, I never thought we'd run out of toilet paper. I mean, neither would they, you know the, the grocery stores or these big stores. But I didn't use it during the pandemic. I mean, I what was it called? Cowboy. Cowboy toilet paper, Mullen. Okay, thanks. But it has. It's good for the lungs. It's got remedial purposes from it too. I mean, you make teas. Well, and now see, I'm going off on a tangent. So, these yeah. these native plants that Alan is basically going to be promoting are going to be both for remedial as well as for ornamental purposes. And you're going to have that that color that's going to, you know, all right, one thing's going to pop up and bloom for about three weeks and it's done. Another one's going to take over at a certain period of time, but it's going to be constantly and continuously moving. It's going to draw in beneficial insects. It'll help to repel certain insects. But again, it's going to, depending on what kind of garden you want, if you want your whole backyard, nothing but perennials that are all native plants, you can do it. But the, again, Alan basically is going to be, uh, with this book, he's going to be telling you, you know, why you're putting certain things in certain areas, height in the back, low-growing ones in the front, mosses. Well, he, he, he doesn't go too much on this on the mosses. And that's where uh, the the, um, the magazine that was Garden, well, the Garden Gate magazine itself um, would have told you about the mosses and some things. So the combination of these two, when we have Alan, we also have Chloe on. If you're to listen and if you're to download these, this is going to give you complimentary ideas as to what you can do, how you can keep things going, how you can keep things without doing a whole bunch because generally these plants are going to take care of themselves and these garden ideas, these these neat little tips and tricks are going to take care of themselves also. All you got to do is do it once, maybe periodically. If you really want them to explode, you can give them some nutrients to go ahead and take over. But, you know, generally these plants themselves that Alan is going to be promoting are going to be resistant to certain types of, you know, insects that are going to be chewing on things, okay? I mean, i.e. like the Japanese beetle that I noticed on your uh, hibiscus. You know, did you notice that you got those? Yeah, I sprayed, but we're going to get to that in a second. Oh, you were going to bring that up? Yeah, because I have two other points. Oh, go. For, for Alan, for the primer book. Go ahead. So number one, not only does he talk about plants, but he also talks about trees and shrubs. Right. Well, those are plants. 
Yeah, but when you're... Flowers. See, now most people assume Scott's still a virgin at this. I'm an average Joe, and when you say plant, that means to me something... Like a flower versus a bush or or a woody ornamental. Just a green, but when when I'm thinking tree tree. Okay, yes. So, and I mean, I'm only halfway through the book, and it's just starting the shrub section. Did you get, did you see the one on, okay, what tree... Is used for root beer. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember that one. Sassafras. Sassafras. It's a native plant that grows up here in the Midwest that they use. It was. They also use it again. The, Shame the, on me because I had a root beer about a week ago. Oh, see now that might have been tasty, but it wasn't real root beer. If you've had real True. root beer, you will know it's kind of like the difference between you know a, a maple syrup and that fake stuff you get at the grocery store. There's a vast difference, but once you've had the real thing. You ain't no going, going back. back. No, no, no. Well, go get me some real root beer. I'll no. drink it. I, oh, it's expensive as hell. Look, my name's Michael Rourke, not <laughs> not producer Scott, who, who can go down to this fancy dancy little, you know, it's a grocery store where it sells, you know, the natural foods where I got to go ahead and read the labels on everything. The same guy that commute your mic. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> on the other side of this fun subject, recent bout of poison ivy I got. Oh, yeah. That's a Midwest native plant. You should see this poor guy. That's a native plant. It's the one native plant I don't like, no matter if, if, if it's vi- in the Midwest or Southwest. If it's got a thick vine on it, it's climbing up a tree, and it's got a fur on the vine, don't go anywhere near it. See, I could have rolled in poison ivy, poison oak, poison sumac for up until I was about 45. And then one day, boom. I couldn't tolerate my skin. I had to go to the, the, the I mean, I, I thought I'd put, you know, calamine lotion, take a bath in it, sit in uh, Epsom salts. It still didn't work. I ended up going to the emergency room. They put me on these steroids. Yeah. And it, it it worked temporarily until everything was gone. I mean, it was still, have, it still had the massive itch in that. But, I mean, what is it, 90%? No, 25% of the population are immune to it. Why did I have to suddenly jump over to become... Body chemistry change. Yeah, I'm 56. This is the first time that I've ever had a, a real case of poison ivy. I have made have a bubble or two, but well, this was you know shot in the butt with a rusty yeah. needle. Yeah, yeah. And that that steroid. Now, did you go to the doctor's office for it? Yeah, yeah, that was. You the, didn't. That's I, what they I gave wasn't it? a rusty bent needle from I was anywhere. Thinking, well, it was from the doctor. From the doctor's office. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the poison ivy, the poison oak. If people get that confused also. The, the poison ivy, because they say that there's a three-leaf characteristic to the poison ivy, which it is. Once you've seen it, it's almost impossible for you not to recognize it again or get that out of your mind. Yeah. However, there's something out there that looks similar, but it's got five leaves to it, and it's called Virginia creeper. Now, if you have Virginia creeper, it's a perfect habitat for the poison ivy and the poison oak. They'll both go ahead and the sumac. And I just wouldn't wallow. What I would do is learn the identification and learn what to do to knock it out. So I should pick up each plant and decide which I would go. Which. I would not touch <laughs> any of them. Oh, my goodness. So tell everybody what your brilliant producer, Scott, decided to do on Alan's book interview. What Scott wanted to do on Alan's book interview. Yeah, the brilliant idea. That Scott had. Well, there was a couple of them. I mean, one of which is is for, to, he's going to do this live. But well, everything. No, no. It's, 
it's a guest co-host. Guest co-host, but, but I know that. Well, I told you that, and yeah, you know. Okay, I'm 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 okay. I'm humbled. <laughs> I'm idea. humbled. I yes, we're having a guest come on board. Does anybody remember the young lady that came on with the native plants? Uh, what was it? Episode was five, it five, I believe. Episode five, Arden Pontas. She works for the Wood County Natural something something. Um, Goodness gracious, Wood County, she goes out and she collects all of the uh, the seeds for native plants. And uh, she, Wood County, goodness gracious, Department of Natural Resources, and she propagates these plants. She's going to be on board. She's going to be having the conversation with Alan also. Now, again, remember, I used to be able to, now see, the mullen, people would consider that a weed. Uh Years ago, I was trained in weeds, what people defined as weeds. And the definition of a weed is anything that, you know, you don't want in the yard. If I wanted to grow dandelions for dandelion wine and salads, and I found bluegrass popping up, the definition of a weed in that case would be the bluegrass would be the weed. The native plants right now, the native trees, the native bushes, the native uh, flowers, the native vines— these things Arden is very, very well versed at. And we asked her, actually, it was Scott that thought, you know, it might be a good idea to bring her on board to uh, discuss with Alan the who, what, when, where, how, and why as well. I mean, I'm going to be learning. I am humbled. I am a very, very poor student on certain things that do not interest me. This really interests me. So, I mean, I'm going to listen to Arden. I'm going to listen to Alan. I'm not going to listen to Scott. So you called me a virgin in this gardening thing, so... Now, technically, on this subject, well, you're you a virgin, yet, too. I am. That's the damn straight. I am, I will be the th- second person to admit it. No, you have yet to admit You'll it. You'll be the second virgin in the room as far as, as, far as plants, Midwest plants are yeah. concerned. Arden will do a good job. She'll, she'll, uh, she'll come up with a real intricate question well, you know, that she Alan's going to like. See, the reason you and I are on board for this is because I know Arden's going to be talking the 72-syllable botanical terminology. So will Alan. Now, I'm going to go, huh? Or I'm going to kick Scott in the shins and go, ask him, ask him what they're talking about. Because I'm not going to really know. I really do want to know. I mean, they have general names uh, for, for, well, the root beer plant was the, again, the sassafras tree. Um, uh, there's there's a number of bushes out there that they use for a number of things. This may be as difficult to edit as something in a foreign language. It, it is literally going to be a foreign language. But don't worry, folks. I'll bring it back down to average Joe level. You know, I may not even do any talking at all because, see, Scott... One Did thing, everybody hear that? <laughs> this might be an episode you want to participate in. Well, it really <laughs> is because, I mean... I'm not going to know these things. We're going to have to refer to the expert of experts on this. I mean, that's why Arden's on board. That's why Thomas Jackson was on board. That's why Dave Slavinsky from the lawn service was on board. And speaking of Dave, finish your thought. Don't let me forget Well, I was just going, we got pros out here that are more than happy to answer any of the questions that you're going to have. What was, uh, I mean, Dave, Arden, we had uh, Annie, Melissa, we're going to, Alan would be more than happy to go ahead and answer questions that we can send his direction. Um, no. Even we'll, we'll tell you the truth, even Chloe. So two episodes coming up that we're looking forward to. Garden Gate Magazine with Chloe and Alan with your Midwest Native Plant Primer book that's coming out. Well, t- Chloe's going to be definitely in August. They'll, they'll both be in August. Or it's yeah. just that when. We'll keep your eyes out. Scott's going to put punch on when they're going to be on board. Yeah, I mean, they'll, it pops up automatically if they subscribe to us. Okay. In, like, Apple 
podcast. Well, so. yeah, and keep subscribing because you know what? We're getting a lot of feedback from it, and I want to hear some more. And speaking of warmer, Dave Slavinsky. Dave Slavinsky. Yeah, what about him? It's, so he's bringing he's everybody's the attention. lawn service manager at Black Diamond Garden Center. Lawn right. service. Right. He was recently on for summer lawns. Right. And we're going to bring him back for fall lawns. I talked to him about right. that. Right. But right now, Japanese beetles are <sighs> going crazy in our area. I kind of alluded to that earlier. Yeah. Let's allude even further because... Well, there's two two things that you want to pay attention to. One is your lawn, which you're going to have to focus on if there, if you notice that there's any kind of beetle damage. It doesn't have to be just the Japanese beetle. Here's a hint. You're going to notice the Japanese beetle for the most part during daytime hours out there feasting on whether it be your tomatoes, your rose bush, or even on Scott's hibiscus plants. His tropical idea of having, you know, by his pool in 90-degree temperatures... 30,000 gallons of chlorinated water, baby. Well, yeah, but it's, it's beautiful out there. But see, they're, they're eating it, and you can see those. And for the most part, a Japanese beetle, I told you earlier that in the late 60s, there was the scare they're invading us. The state of Ohio had sprayed something in the air. I'm not going to make mention of what, it, what I think it was. I don't know exactly what it was. But they sprayed something to prevent them from coming on board. Well, they came on board. They're not leaving. They like it here. This is a bumper crop this year. This year they're going haywire because, well, we've experienced a drought. The whole Midwest, east and west, uh, has experienced a drought. With the exception of the Atlantic region has been a little bit of rain, but it goes with the heat, the moisture, the water is gone as quickly as it came. The Japanese beetle is going to be more noticeable, the male especially, the nice shiny jaded appearance on the color, uh, is going to be more noticeable in the summertime during the day. The female, yeah, she kind of sits back and she'll be out during day or night, not as much. Daytime, mostly at nighttime. Uh, stay away from something. I mean, they could devastate any type of plant, whether it's like Scott's hibiscus or whether it's mom's rosebush. They can do it in a day. Uh, they can knock that sucker out. Please do yourself a favor. If you have a neighbor that you really do not like, but you want to <laughs> make it seem like that there's peace on the planet um, and you, be, keeping your distance... Give them what they call a beetle bag. It's got a pheromone in it that draws the beetle to it. You don't want to put it in your own yard because it's going to draw the guys over. And I mean the guys. These are the, the pheromone is like, you know, they smell this, this hormone from the female. They're going to, oh, boy, we're going to eat and we're going to have fun. And they zot right to where that pheromone is. And these Japanese beetles are thinking that they're going to have um, a party. See, the Japanese beetle is one variety of what they call a chafer, and it's spelled C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R or C-H-A-E-F-E-R. I'm not sure exactly on the spelling. But if you Google it, it's going to come up with a bundle of different beetles. Um, you've got even bill bugs, a variety of a beetle. You've got the really tiny. You'll, it'll go all the way from a real small grub all the way up to this huge, ugly-ass-looking worm that's, a, that's, that's going to be similar to the June bug, or there's even a horn beetle that's out there. There's about 200 varieties out there right now. Japanese beetle just is the one that we most likely see during the day that is doing the damage to your plants. Again, you've got a European chafer. You've got a number of different chafers. The June bug would be flying into the screen when it's officially summer at nighttime to the light that you have on. Um, they all do damage to your gardens, not as much as the Japanese beetle, though. Now, what will happen, though, their offspring, the grub worm, does an extensive amount of damage to lawns. The female is only going to go to the five-star hotel 
and five-star restaurant or the neighborhood where she wants to raise her children. If there's a lawn that is the most pristine-looking, most best irrigated, there she's going to go in there, she's going to lay her eggs because she knows the kids are going to be well-fed and they're going to grow up in a safe neighborhood. I've had people ask, well, why? My neighbor doesn't do schmutz to his yard, and look at that. It's green. Well, of course, it's all planted. It's all sorts of other stuff, weeds and things, that they don't take care of it. They don't irrigate it. Um, your lawn, where you irrigate, where you fertilize, where you get rid of the what you consider to be a weed, they're going to be going in. They're going to lay their eggs. They're going to let, within that gestation period, that grubworm feed on your lawn. And generally, you don't see the damage until two weeks after they've turned into a beetle, and they're starting that cycle all over again. So like Dave Slavinsky stated, we want you to put down a grub control, C-O-N-T-R-O-L. It's not going to be an eliminator. You've heard so many things of the natural one. It's like BT or Bacillus thuringiensis, which is uh, what they call milky spore. But milky spore only kills off the Japanese beetle grub. It will not do anything with a chafer. It will not do anything with a billbug. It will not do it with all sorts of other beetle grubs. It's only going to work on the Japanese beetle grub. And it continues to spread and grow. So you're never going to have, once it starts to take hold, I'm not going to say never, but you're not going to notice the Japanese beetle grub damage in your yard if you're going to use the milky spore. You can use a product that's out there. The trade name is called Merit, M-E-R-I-T. Primarily, it's a metacloprid, and I can't spell that one right. But the active ingredient in there and how that works is it absorbs into the system of the plant, and it absorbs into the root system. As the grub comes up to the surface and starts to feed on the grass, it's done. It's not going to want to eat anymore. So in essence, it promotes starvation on these billbug grubs, on these chafers, on the Japanese beetle grub. So it's non-selective. It's going to knock out all beetle grubs. So I would feel comfortable in putting that down now because it's only supposed to last for about 12 weeks. And it's not going to actually get into the system of the plant unless you water. Now, these torrential downpours that we've had, these are teases. The water that we've had flushes right down and goes right down into the sewer system. It does not get absorbed into the system of the soil or the plant um, as fast as what we would like. We need something a little bit more constant. Again, you're not going to have to go and water your lawn three hours during the day to keep uh, everything. If you can do it, the best time to do it is anytime you can get, get out there and water it. Me, I prefer to do it midday if I can. Midday, 15, 20 minutes in each location is perfect if you maintain a constant. If you can't do that, I'm not going to expect you to go and say, do it out there for an hour and then wait three to five days and do it again. That's going to be counterproductive. If you can maintain a constant, anytime you can water it, some people are going to say early morning or late morning, sometime between 6.30 and 11 o'clock in the morning. Some people say early evening. Basically, anytime you can water is better than no water at all. So get yourself the grub killer, the merit, put that down, the amatocloprid. Japanese beetle grub control is going to be called milky spore. Uh, stay away from those bag of bugs or the pheromone that draws just the mail in. Unless they're gifts to neighbors. That you don't like. If you want to maintain a friendship. Yeah, don't give them one you like. No, no. If you like people, don't give it to them. But, you know, I, I mean, if you, you I'm not going to, if you have any questions about what you can do as far as the Japanese beetle grub, uh, the bag of bug, Give us a holler on, on our website. Scott, what's our website? They'll go to the Facebook page. Well, they can go to the Facebook page and ask the questions, too. But, it's, you know, it's going to be kind of intimate. I don't want to share this. Well, private message. Private us. message it. And we'll tell you where to put them and how. It's kind of like where the sun don't shine for those people that you don't want to have anywhere near you. All right. For 
all of our listeners. We're 30-some minutes in already for this quick little episode we were going to do. So, Scott's Cliff Notes versions. The Japanese Beatles is the circle of life. The Beetle King is now an adult, and he's chewing on your flowers. They're going to go lay some eggs for next year's group, and at the same time, those larvae are going to start eating away at your grass. So... One bug doing two different or doing damage to two different places and two different varieties of plants. So wipe it out. Yeah, and, and I mean you can't control what what your neighbors got in their yard, but you certainly can protect your lawn from grub damage, yep. and you can protect your ornamental flowers from the, the the adult, such as that cycle of life or circle of life Scott was talking about, the adult beetle. So everybody, this little mini episode that was, yeah, let's just talk for ten minutes and we'll get this How information. How long have we been on? Yeah, well, I mean, we've recorded 35 minutes so far. See, Scott, you have a tendency to talk too much. Yes, that's it. That's Scott. I'm sorry. He's becoming very dangerous. He's, I mean, he, he, he absorbs uh, the information, and he even does the research to find out the information. I'm just so, going to mute my mic from now on. No, no, <laughs> no. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike, my name is Michael Rourke. This is the Midwest Garden. Um, I want you to come in, listen, be prepared. We're going to have Chloe. We're going to have Alan. we got to call Alan back. And um, Scott? It's going to all start when the uh, uh, first of uh, well, uh, it's just let's just say August. For it'll those be two in episodes. August. All right, and then uh, Dave Slavinsky doing the fall and early September. Early September, we're going to have Arden with us on the Alan Branahan yep. um, uh, conversation. So have your uh, th- your seventy two syllables syllabus for botanical terminology because we're all going to be learning something. All right. Having said that, enjoy your enjoy the rest of your July, everybody. It's going to be hot. Now, can I go in your pool? Yeah. See, he didn't. I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you, folks. I didn't say anything. I know the, the silence is so loud. All right. I won't go in your pool, but I'm going back home in my AC. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>